Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, is the solid rock upon which sons and daughters of God build their lives. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and He never changes. He is the solid rock. Matthew seven twenty four through 25 Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. John 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. The life of the child of God is filled with confident peace, purpose, and promise, and these glorious attributes shine the brightest in this life's darkest moments. It is truly a staggering truth, and it is the signature of the redeemed. Our beauty is of a marvelous heavenly sort that this world and all its machinations cannot erase. As the born again, we are not of this world. We are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, Hebrews 11.10. Conversely, the unsaved find themselves in the opposite position, exactly opposite. Matthew 7.26 and 27. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended. And the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Those who reject Christ have no lasting peace, no eternal purpose, and their promises are of a very negative sort. Their truth of yesterday has been debunked by their truth of today, and their truth of today will be debunked by their truth of tomorrow. Confusion of face is their portion but it doesn't have to be that way. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again as Jesus declares in John 3, 3? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except that man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In just a few moments, I will ask you to follow me in a simple prompt. If you follow from your heart, everything changes for you today. Imagine the promise of 2 Corinthians 5.17 is now yours. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf. This is a brand new life. Today, all your sin and shame will be washed away. You will be pristine clean. Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken. The chains will fall. Today, you will become a brand new creature. Here comes the prompt I promised. Here it is. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself should give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. God said, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God said, Romans 16, verse 25, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Man said, I don't go to church. There's too many hypocrites. I worship God in the woods. Oh, how often does that happen, you ask? Well, what's that got to do with it? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1200. All of these Bible-centric features are archived here in text and streaming audio, addressing subjects from Y-chromosome atom and creation to quantum physics. Use our search bar top right. Type in a subject you have an interest in and click. The page will populate with appropriate features. It's a phenomenal soul-winning tool, too. Make your own digital gospel track and send it to someone you love. Share features you love to social media. It is free and easy. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, God said, man said, grows by one. Thank you for visiting. May you be enamored by the marvels of God's beautiful book. The revelation of God's word is the mind of Christ, and that revelation is ever-expanding. The revelation is built upon the solid rock, and it is sound and sure. And as you continue to study to show yourself approved, the beauty of the beautiful book will continuously blossom. In the first feature of this series, we considered why. Why the Christ? Why the cross? And why the blood? These are excellent examples of the expanding revelation of the Word of God. This feature will begin to consider Sister Mary and why a virgin gave birth. Brother Allen from South Africa sent the following email after reading a God Said, Man Said feature in response to a reader, B.C., who was questioning the validity of proving the truth of Christianity through quoting the Bible, a resource B.C. did not hold relevant. This is what Brother Allen said. Hi. I go along with all that was said in your response to B.C., but is it not also true to say that had Jesus' blood contained the DNA of an earthly human father, Jesus would not have been the perfect sacrifice? I think that's also why the blood of Jesus was required. Am I correct? Thank you for your teachings, Alan, South Africa. God Said, Man Said published several features on the subject Brother Alan raises. His, his questions spawned additional meditation and meditation typically generates expanded revelation. Go slow as we continue and consider. Throughout time, there were and are a, an innumerable host of women named Mary. However, there is only one with the distinction of the name the Virgin Mary. Nearly 800 years before Sister Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, this amazing prophecy was penned in Isaiah 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. The New Testament book of Matthew speaks on this word-changing event, world-changing event, excuse me, in chapter 1, verses 17 through 25. 
So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Why a virgin birth? God does not act capriciously. Everything is made and perfectly placed to produce an expected outcome, and the virgin birth of the King of Glory will demonstrate this truth. Now consider that eternal life and eternal judgment are hinged to this virgin birth. Everything is hinged here, everything, from the mundane day-to-day life that the children of faith experience to the world-ending battle of Armageddon and onward, and it is all hinged to this virgin birth. It should be no surprise, Colossians 1.19 speaks of this Christ whom Mary brought forth, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. It's true, all true. Why the virgin birth? One should not suppose that the virgin birth of Christ was believed and accepted by the Jewish leadership and their followers in the days of Mary and Joseph. No, certainly not. They were met with just as much disbelief as you'd expect. In fact, one historian noted that Jesus was known by some as Mary's bastard. That shocking blasphemy is still believed today by much of the Jewish leadership and the world at large. Why the virgin birth? When a man and a woman come together to produce offspring, each parent contributes 23 chromosomes to the baby. Each chromosome consists of a single DNA molecule. Therefore, the number of DNA molecules in each nucleus of the human cell is 46. The revelation we are pursuing in this series will be certainly shocking, but it will be certainly true. Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, but had no earthly father to contribute his 23 chromosomes. The 23 chromosomes provided by the father were supplied by the Holy Ghost, Luke 1, 34 and 35. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. 
Adam, created by God in the Garden of Eden, had no earthly father or earthly mother. God supplied what was needed. Before addressing the missing human chromosomes that would have been supplied by an earthly father, let's consider Mary and her 23 chromosomes. Brother Allen's issue of the perfect sacrifice is in play here. The Virgin Mary would have brought her own 23 chromosomes to the birthing equation. She was more than just a virgin, though. She was the lineage of King David and highly favored amongst women by God, the Creator. Luke 1, 28 through 30, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Noah was chosen by God to save the world and to usher in the new beginning. The Bible records that, records that Noah was perfect in his generations. There were no contaminations from, for example, Cain or the fallen sons of God as found in Genesis chapter 6. Genesis 6, 9 reads, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. From Adam to Noah, there were nine generations. And there were 62 generations from Adam to Mary. She was handpicked by God to usher in the Savior of all who would believe upon and call upon his name. Here at the place Jesus calls born again, the redeemed enter into the magnificent kingdom of God, a new beginning that has no end. God was squarely in the middle of Mary's generations. Today's science finds itself continually knocking on heaven's door, continually confirming the Holy Bible, even if inadvertently. This particular God said, man said feature will address some of the ramifications of 23 missing human male chromosomes that were instead supplied by the Holy Ghost, including the matter of epigenetics and what God's Word knows as the sins of the Father. The following excerpts have been lifted from the God said, man said feature, Epigenetics Meets Jesus Christ. Kiss inheritance fears goodbye. Keep in mind as you review this information that Jesus Christ did not inherit negative epigenetic tags from a contaminated earthly father, and Mary's exposure to the issue would be very small or possibly non-existent. The science of epigenetics also addresses how words and particular deeds affect our lives, but usually this refers to words and deeds not initiated by us. The words and deeds committed by our ancestors, which directly affect us today for evil or for good, up to the third or fourth generation. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and they will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Could such a statement be literally true? The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Epigenetics and More Sins of the Father. The devastating effects of parental disobedience are far-reaching and just beginning to be seriously studied via the new science of epigenetics, this new science is turning old science on its head. Epigenetics is rewriting the rules of disease, heredity, and identity. 
The sins of the mother during pregnancy, birth, and onward unto the child's development are somewhat well known, such as passing on to her children venereal diseases, as well as the effects of alcohol, drugs, smoking, the lack of breastfeeding, and more. But the father seems to have escaped the scrutiny of the investigators. The headline in the March 29, 2008 issue of Science News reads, Dad's Hidden Influence. The subhead reads, A father's legacy to a child's health may start before conception and last generations. The following excerpts are from that feature article. How a man lives, where he works, or how old he is when his children are conceived doesn't affect their long-term health, scientists used to think. But growing evidence suggests that a father's age and his exposure to chemicals can leave a medical legacy the last generations. The author goes on to explain why dads haven't been held accountable. Since men make new sperm every 74 days, people used to think the genetic slate is wiped clean every couple of months. And even if a man makes defective sperm, the all-or-nothing view of reproduction holds that damaged sperm don't fertilize eggs. No harm. No foul. Some animal studies showing paternal effects emerged years ago, but were roundly dismissed, says Gladys Friedler, professor emeritus at Boston University. For deca four decades ago, Friedler was studying tolerance to narcotics, one of the first steps of addiction. To find out if a mother rat could pass tolerance on to her offspring, along with antibodies and other immune factors, as some scientists theorized, Friedler exposed female rats to morphine before pregnancy. Babies of exposed mothers were born much smaller than average, and those babies also went on to give live birth to tiny babies, even through the though the offspring excuse me, had never encountered the drug. Friedler also gave male rats morphine before they bred. To my total disbelief and bewilderment, parental exposure also affected progeny, Friedler said at the AAAS meeting. Her advisor dismissed the result. Morphine doesn't cause mutations, so the idea that males could hand down a trait without passing along a mutation seemed preposterous. But in recent decades, scientists have discovered that chemical modifications to DNA and proteins can change the way genes are packaged and regulated without changing the genes themselves. Such modifications are known as epigenetic changes. Epigenetic modifications act as a molecular scrapbook, preserving memories of events in parents' lives and handing them down to the next generation and beyond. There's a chromosomal memory, says Anne Ferguson-Smith, a developmental geneticist at Cambridge University in England. The chromosomes remember whether they came from the mother or the father. Male mice exposed to cocaine, for example, pass memory problems onto their pups, a 2006 study in neurotoxicology and teratology shows. The male mice inhaled cocaine in long daily sessions akin to crack binges. When they mated with females, never given coke, they had pups that had trouble learning and remembering where to find food in simple mazes. The problem was especially severe for female offspring. The researchers couldn't find any obvious DNA damage in coke-smoking male sperm, but did find altered levels of two enzymes involved in the methylation of DNA in sperm-producing tissue in the father mice. The results suggest that epigenetic changes may be responsible for the offspring's behavior problems. 
He can prove that male rats exposed to a fungicide in the womb can pass tumors and diseases of the prostate and kidney down for at least three generations. The rats could provide the first model for how prostate disease is inherited, he says. But only male rats could pass along the defects. The exposed rats bequeath their fungicide legacy to their sons, grandsons, and great-grandsons, even though none of the later generations were exposed to the chemical, end of quote. The April 16, 2013 issue of Science News published a multi-page feature titled From Great-Grandmother to You, with the subhead which reads, Epigenetic Changes Reach Down Through the Generations. In September 29, 2020, a feature on her website, Dr. Caroline Leaf interviews Dr. Rudolf Tanzi, Harvard professor and founder of the field of neurogenetics, who was listed as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. The following paragraphs are from that feature. As Dr. Tanzi points out, you are not your brain. You are the user of your brain. Every choice you make determines the experiences you have, and every experience you have will condition your genetic expression. You, your habits and lifestyle come from programs of genes which you can control. Yes, there are gene mutations that take many, many years, but your experiences also change the way you express your genes. This is called epigenetics. Basically, this means that although you are born with certain genes, you get to sculpt many of these genes and how they express themselves through your lifestyle, habits, and choices. You have a lot of control over your biology. Indeed, 97% of your genetic history is not written in stone. It is amenable to your sculpting. What does this look like on a day-to-day basis? If you are constantly creating an environment of physical stress in the brain and body, your genes will adapt. Very soon, your genetic environment will be hurting you every day instead of healing you because your genes are responding to how you live your life. Although your DNA stays the same, your gene expression program will start changing when you start making different choices. You are essentially genetically reprogramming yourself when you choose to stand outside yourself, observe your thinking and choices, and change the way you live your life. Why is this so important? As Dr. Tanzi notes from his research, we pass on any epigenetic modifications we make to our offspring. For instance, we can inherit the phobias of our parents based on their own life experiences and choices. This way, we choose to live our lives and now can impact future generations, end quote. The power of death and life is in the tongue. Everything is made out of words. Words are spiritual and they affect all life at the molecular level. Again, Dr. Leaf writes uh, in her feature, How to Use the Neurocycle to Break Cycles, Heal Generational Trauma, and End Toxic Family Patterns, plus How the Neurocycle Influences Epigenetics and Changes Genes. The science of epigenetics shows that our thoughts can control our biology, and we can control our thoughts, positively directing genetic expression in our body and passing these genetic markers through generations, end of quote. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Epigenetics and More Sins of the Father. Michael Skinner was among the first to document that certain chemicals could produce health effects across multiple generations 
without altering DNA. Exposing a pregnant rat to chemicals that disrupt the action of sex hormones could produce fertility problems that lasted at least to her great-great-grandchildren's generation. His group reported in Science in 2005 uh, that those problems were transmitted through the male line, apparently by the way of chemical tags called methyl groups on DNA. Many researchers study DNA methylation because it is a more easily examined than other epigenetic tags, of which there are many. All of the chemicals studied led to an increase in ovary problems, including fewer eggs and more cysts that lasted at least until the great-granddaughter generation, Skinner's team reported in May 2012 in PLOS 1. The increase in ovarian disease was accompanied by persistent changes in DNA methylation patterns in ovarian tissue. Some of the treatments led to 100% of the great-granddaughters developing ovarian cysts. There is no genetic mechanism that will give you that level of disease. None, says Skinner. Some of our phenomena are so robust we couldn't explain it with genetics even if we wanted to, end of quote. The sins of one parents being passed down to the third and fourth generation is somewhat disturbing. The idea of being handcuffed to another's deeds, it's not new to students of the Scriptures. It began with Adam and Eve when they sold their progeny, you and me, to sin. Each of us inherited that carnal, sinful nature, but God sent Jesus Christ to break the chains of our bondage. Jesus calls it born again. Through this life-changing process, we are literally born a second time, this time of the Spirit, and become sons and daughters of the living God. All the chains of carnal inheritance, even epigenetic ones, are broken, and a full purging and renewal process begins. Amazing. Yet born again, amazing and glorious things happen that directly affect us at the molecular level and beyond. Consider some of these classic changes. I am now redeemed. My soul is washed clean of all its sin and shame by Christ's cleansing blood. I am brand new. I have a new father and his epigenetic markers, and they are very good. Things are not the same. I am given a new name. I am part of a new Holy Ghost family, and it is very good. I receive a heart transplant. My old contaminated heart of stone is replaced with a brand new heart of flesh. My mind is renewed and is constantly renewed by the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit of God is now on board and dwells in the belly. It leads and guides in all truth. Angels are dispatched to encamp about me, and my steps are ordered by the Lord. My purpose is to grow in Christ and to help build up the kingdom of God, and that purpose will last forever. At Born Again, the process of purification begins and continues to purify until we see Jesus when we, be, we will be as he is. An ongoing transformation and washing process continues for every cell in the entire body, and bad epigenetic tags are rewritten. Considering the following verses, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye tra transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Transform means to change form. It begins in the spirit and directly affects us at the cellular level, in part producing things like physical changes in the brain that neuroscience knows as neuroplasticity and surely affecting one's epigenetic inventory. Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The word of God washes over our entire genetic being. Your epigenetic condition goes through an instantaneous change and new markers are being created. Second Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are dealing directly with the molecular man. Ephesians 2.1 and 2, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time, time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. James 1, 17 and 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God has the answer for the dark side of epigenetics. His name is Jesus Christ, who offers born again, where everything changes. Imagine, it is entirely a word issue. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Ain't it so hallelujah so? Thousands of years before science begins to discover the reason why, God's children of faith are already there. God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. Born again, that's a big, big deal. End of quotes. These final excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Functional Power to Rewrite Epigenetic Tags, Part 1, The Sins of the Father. The headline of the July 2022 issue of Scientific American reads, Trauma in the Family Tree. The subhead of the article reads, Parents' Adverse Experiences Leave Biological Traces in Children. Excerpts follow. In the decades since first studying the effects of PTSD in babies born to mothers who had first-hand exposure to 2001 September 11 terror attacks, the research by my group and others has confirmed that adverse experiences may influence the next generation through multiple pathways. The most apparent route runs through the parental behavior, but influences during gestation and even changes in eggs and sperm may also play a role. All of these channels seem to involve epigenetics, alterations in the way that genes function. Epigenetics, excuse me, epigenetics potentially explains why effects of trauma may endure long after the immediate threat is gone, and it is also implicated 
and the diverse pathways by which trauma is transmitted to future generations. These findings raise the possibility that PTSD mothers and mothers and fathers might lead to different epigenetic changes on the uh, glucocorticoide receptor in children. It suggested that trauma might have affected the mother's eggs decades before her children were conceived while she was herself a child. Given the obvious difficulties in studying generations of people, scientists often resort to animal studies to explore epigenetic transmission. In 2014, Brian Diaz and Carrie Ressler, both at the Emory University School of Medicine, reported an intergenerational epigenetic pathway that ran through sperm. They gave a male mouse a mild electric shock as it smelled a cherry blossom scent, stimulating a fear response to the odor. The response was accompanied by epigenetic changes in its brain and sperm. Intriguingly, the male offspring of the shocked mice demonstrated a similar fear of cherry blossoms as well as epigenetic changes in their brain and sperm without being exposed to the shock. These effects were passed down for two generations. In other words, the lesson the grandfather mouse learned that the cherry blossom scent means danger was transmitted to its son and grandson. Moreover, some of these stress-related and intergenerational changes may be reversible. Several years ago, we discovered that combat veterans with PTSD who benefited from cognitive behavioral psychotherapy showed treatment included uh, showed treatment-induced changes in FKBP5-methylation. FKBP5 is a gene which encodes a protein regulating the ability to bind cortisol, the stress hormone. The finding confirmed the healing is also reflected in epigenetic change. And Diaz and Ressler uh, reconditioned their mice to lose their fear of cherry blossoms. The offspring conceived after this treatment did not have the cherry blossom epigenetic alteration, nor did they fear the scent. Preliminary as they are, such findings represent an important frontier in, psych in psychiatry and may suggest new avenues for treatment, end of quotes. God's word is true. The sins of the father and mother pass on generationally up to the third and fourth generation, just like God declared thousands of years ago. The miraculous power to rewrite deadly epigenetic tags belongs to the blood bot. God's glorious tools of deliverance are harnessed for action, and it all begins at born again, end of quote. Not only does Jesus carry the perfect genetics of his father, even as the first Adam, but he teaches us how to shed bad epigenetic tags and to rewrite a new and glorious epigenetic story. This story, yes, it begins at born again and proceeds to the perfect day, Proverbs 4.18. Why the need for the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, who would be God's perfect sacrifice without spot or blemish? This short series tells a wonderful, even mysterious story that impacts everything. Let me underscore that for you. Everything. You and I are in the story by name. And how we line up with the first and last Adam will be all of it. The 23 chromosomes and epigenetic tags that Jesus inherited were those of his heavenly father. And they were very good. Genesis 1.31 the genetics he inherited from his mother were from a virgin highly favored by God. 
The mystery doesn't end with chromosomes and negative epigenetic tags. Next week's feature will open additional revelation in the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, Romans 16.25. Be of good cheer, saints. God's word is true and righteous altogether, and yes, a place to build a life that will last forever. It is true. God said Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. God said, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God said, Romans chapter 16, verse 25, now to him that is of power to establish you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Man said, I don't go to church. There's too many hypocrites. I worship God in the woods. Oh, oh how often does that happen, you ask? Well, what's that got to do with it? Now you have the record.